Hi, and welcome to the Education Marketer Podcast. Today is a little bit of a different episode. Recently, I hosted a webinar on how AI could be incorporated into marketing ops. Honestly, it's one of the best conversations I've ever had around AI, so I've repurposed it for an episode here. I was joined by Nick Higgins, co-founder of the Ambassador Platform and Preamp Mystery, digital marketer at Vanshaw College. In particular, listen for Nick's insight on how AI will transform peer-to-peer and Priyank's account of how he's going about implementing AI workflows in his team. It's a good one. Let's get on with the show. Let's have a look at some of the basics behind this stuff, just to ease us in and ask ourselves why AI is particularly important to the higher education space. There's a couple of overarching um, reasons. The first one is around the actual chief users of these uh, generative AI platforms. If you've been paying attention to the news recently, you would have noticed that um, OpenAI, ChatGPT, uh, this kind of lead piece of um, AI technology that everyone's been playing with, has seen a decline of around 10% of its, of its user base. But you might be kind of drawn to the conclusion that interest in this topic is starting to wane and the kind of hype cycle is reaching its its peak. But when you look at the the users behind this, one of the, the biggest uh, category of users using these technologies is actually students. So knowing that, you can actually understand that it might not be the kind of interest, but just a seasonal um, shift. So we have students on summer break. They're not writing as many essays at the moment. They're not using these tools as much quite natural to see a bit of a decline. And similarly, the impact education can't be ignored in terms of how um, major digital education companies have felt the hits from AI technologies. If you look at these kind of share prices over here, you can see that Chegg has pretty much lost uh, half its value uh, as a result of AI because students aren't going to these sites to get resources and learn with a companion. They're just going to AI to get answers directly. So the first disruption and why we're paying attention is because students are huge users of these technologies. The second is a bit of it closer to home and there'll be quite a few marketers uh, on the on the call today. And in professional audiences, one of the number one users of tools like ChatGPT are actually marketers. This is a recent survey from uh, McKinsey, always a great source of data. And it has around 14% of marketers now actively using these tools tools in their workflows. If you want to do a bit more of a focus on a sort of subcategory of marketing, an even bigger user of these tools are SEO professionals and content marketers or just general content professional. 56% are now using these technologies to do research and improve the work uh, they're doing about ranking in search engines. And this is particularly important because it doesn't matter how many channels uh, are introduced into the space and how many different influencers there are uh, for students to make decisions, whether that's on TikTok, YouTube, or various other new things entering the market. The number one influencer on a student's decision is often the university's um, website. And if you open up the lid on a typical university CRM, that number one referrer of traffic and uh, interest in in platforms is usually organic search. So if you're not using AI to enhance your SEO, to enhance the content you're creating, you are leaving a lot of value on the table and you're sort of missing out on the opportunity of the last year or so. So just giving you a bit of a ground in there, I want to kind of go to our first speaker, uh, Priyam, because you have this unique blend 
of experience. You're actually a seasoned digital marketer, but you're also a lecturer. So you kind of tread in both worlds here, right? And so you've got this unique perspective. We've just learned that the number one um, professional has taken advantage of AI are marketers. And one of the biggest sectors being disrupted is education. So I want to hear your take on this, um, this technology. And what areas do you think marketers and recruiters uh, should be paying the most attention to? Thank you. Thank you so much, Kyle, for the question and also the wonderful introduction. And I agree. It is a, it's a fascinating observation that you just brought in that my role as a digital recruiter in the Fanshawe International Division at the college, as well as teaching part time, brought in kind of fascinating uh, enlightenment about AI specifically. So as a part time professor, I teach digital marketing and web design. So in my classroom, I try to integrate specifically AI into web design courses and also graphic design, considering that we have so many tools and platforms available for say SEO that as like you mentioned for SEO or organic search that we can improvise and like create better websites for students. So I try to utilize those prospects and kind of ideas into classroom, but on the other side, as my dual role of being also a digital recruiter at the Fanshawe International, we have tried to utilize AI, uh, not just into say, social media or content creation, but also into our leads management system, how we communicate with the prospective student, with the current student, with alumni as well. We also try to utilize AI into our chatbot for social media platforms that we use. So kind of like, to be honest, in terms of my opinion for AI, it's absolutely not a buzzword anymore. It is a kind of a necessity for any higher education to utilize in recruitment and higher education marketing. So we have uh, try to utilize in different ways, but later on in this session, we will also cover the kind of tools and stuff that we use at the international. But the, the part that I'm fascinated and then kind of things that I think AI can be useful for are in four different sections. The first is personalization. AI can provide the level of personalization that is kind of pretty much impossible to do on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Uh, say one human or a recruiter chatting with hundreds of students, that level of personalization is difficult, but utilizing AI, we can do it. Another sector I've seen where we see AI and the utilization of it is in, is in data analysis. So we can analyze data, the number of leads that we receive and the amount of leads we receive from which sector, which country of the world, which programs they are interested in based on all those observations of data we can create marketing campaigns that works the best. For example, we analyzed that within Nigeria region where we had the loss of leads coming from last year, we, because of utilizing the leads management tool that we have, we know that more students are interested in business program in comparison to students from Philippines or leads from Philippines who are interested in hospitality programs or um, uh, nursing programs. So this way we know what kind of campaigns to create and then target the uh, recruitment. Another utilization, as I've seen, as I've mentioned, is chatbot. So we have utilized AI in Facebook and Instagram chatbot, where our leads that we receive from those social media platform directly gets an answer for general FAQ kind of scenarios. They also get an answer for any recent updates that are happening at the college. And last but not the least is content creation. So we have utilized AI for 
number of amounts of content creation, whether it's just a photo or even dividing a video into short forms, creating audio clips from the audio of somebody, like cloning the audio, bunch of different tools and stuff we will discuss later on. But these are the kind of perspective, uh, these are the kind of, this is the kind of perception I have of AI within the community. And then the impact that it has in higher education and marketing is very significant. And I think it's just gonna go up from here. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like the, the the real drive in the media has been all around like chatbots and um, conversational um, AI. But you know, you, you know, you said you list four. There, you've actually listed five different <laughs> different ways to use it. Um, only one of them is a chatbot. And I think this is a really important point for people to take away: is that when we talk about AI, we talk about generative AI, and this is really important. But you know, it's been around for years, and now because we've had this new interest in the area, so much investment and capital is just flowing to this new tech, and all of these new use cases can can emerge. It's really interesting you you mentioned around personalization, and you know, I came across a new tool um, recently that's actually part of Salesforce, um, and they sim- very simply use AI to send emails to people um, at the most likely time that individual is to open it. So. You know, as marketers, we've agonized for years over, oh, when should we send this thing out, you know? Should we send it out in the morning when people are commuting or whatever it is? But this tool just sends it at the right time based on the history of that user when they open it. And open rates transform overnight. They go from, like, you know, 30% to, like, 70%. Like, all the iterations we do and the changes just can't, you know, hit that sort of um, exponential um, change. And... Now, the other thing you mentioned was using AI to kind of personalize it through, through chatbot um, conversations and actually giving students a response quickly. And again, this is another kind of bizarre sort of piece of research that I came across recently from, I think it was from Keystone, but they highlighted that students prefer to get a response quicker than actually get quality content. <laughs> so actually hearing from someone via a chatbot as a first triage is, is a really good thing. And then you can follow up with a more, a more human approach later. So just fascinating to hear like your kind of broad scope there. And it's, it's just good to kind of move it just away from chatbots into different things. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, Nick, you're here today representing the, the Ambassador platform. And you know, I'll be honest, when I was first approached by you to talk about AI, my first thought was, hmm, you have a human-to-human organization, a peer-to-peer organization talking about AI, which is kind of the the opposite. So I've got a few questions for you, a different sort of like triage, if you like, and, you know, um, come in two parts. So, you know, A, what's your, what's your interest in this technology? And, you know, B, given your models based on the human-to-human connection, how do you think this will change peer-to-peer conversations in the future yeah cheers kyle um and priyank thanks for your intro as well um so my intro is my sorry my interest is kind of two part i think the first is a very personal one i think ai tools are really cool and i've actually been interested in artificial intelligence for like probably over 10 years and i think again i think you've kind of touched on this kyle but it's important to note that this wave of generative ai tools that we're seeing the kind of uh, the, the conversational technologies, they're really just the newest iteration of a technology that, well, traces its roots back to, you know, Alan Turing in the 1950s and some people claim back to Aristotle's musing several thousand years ago. So like th- this stuff isn't new and it's been in your smartphone, your car, your dishwasher, you know, for 15, 20 years already. It's been doing incredible computations, 
on the weight of galaxies and all that kind of mad stuff. But we're seeing it now. I get it. And I think, um, so I've been interested in that way. I've always been particularly interested in robotics as well. So I followed a company called Boston Dynamics for about 10 years. Robotics is like a, I think one of the most fascinating applications of AI actually. Um, but in terms of these tools that we see now, you asked me very specifically about the, the generative AI tools, the conversational stuff like ChatGPT. Um, I'm going to be honest, I'm always looking for ways that I can make my life, particularly my professional life, easier and more efficient. So when this wave of tools kind of started landing about 12 months ago, I was like, okay, what are three or four things that I can identify in my day-to-day job that I could make more efficient or make more simple through the use of an AI tool? And answering very short emails is one thing that I'm doing with a tool called Ellie that I just dropped in the chat. But obviously, that, that's me personally. I'm also here representing the Ambassador Platform, a technology company. Um, and I think it's incumbent on people who are leaders of tech companies, however big or small, that you embrace kind of excitedly and responsibly any new technologies rather than seeing them as you know threatening or disruptive or scary. And I'm, I'm going to be a bit of a contrarian, actually, Kyle. I don't think the new uh, wave of generative AI tools that we're seeing are actually the opposite of human-to-human connection. I think there's something that is um, it perhaps runs in, in, in tangent or concurrently with the importance of human-to-human connections. And I think it's a technology that can make those connections even more important delivered more effectively as time goes on. And I actually think as the prevalence of these tools increase in higher education, but just in our lives and society in general, that human to human connections are actually going to become more valued and more important because, you know, they are in and of themselves kind of ontologically unique and brilliant. And then we've got to think, okay, well, how do we use all this cool technology to make them more effective, better, more available uh, and, and more useful? Yeah, um, I think if my dishwasher had an AI, it'd probably just scream at me every day. <laughs> we, yeah, we have we overuse it, that's for sure. Um, you, you've made a really good point there uh, around the uh, not necessarily it being a being an opposite to, to human to human. Um, the the way I I try and look at it is that you have all these new technologies, and it used to be that I I couldn't paint a picture, right? I still can't, but I can use Mid Journey now to create a you know beautiful piece of art. Um, and if you follow the trend line and that stuff, it just keeps going like this. And eventually you probably won't be able to tell the difference. Right. So the the, the challenge we have is, you know, as uh, as creators and as, as humans, we have these incredible tool sets. The, the the new sort of content, if you like, and the new way we create, it's not you know, what what we create necessarily. It's, it's how we use these tools in new and interesting ways to create better things. And. You know, I can see a platform like Tap taking that real core human element, but then augmenting all of those different things with these wonderful AI tools, especially with the way that you you do content. So, yeah, yeah, super refreshing to hear your your perspective there, and it's good to see that you've actually integrated this stuff into your life too. It's uh, it's one thing to talk about it, but it's another thing to actually use it. So, uh, fair, fair play to you, sir. Thanks, Kyle. No problem. Um, let's have a, a little look on our, our next section here. Um, we kind of touched on it very briefly there, but let's have a little quick dive down into the overall benefits of this uh, this technology and how it can just generally improve the the work we we do. There's a lot of um, focus in the media on AI cutting costs and increasing speed, but I don't think that goes far enough. And I think 
one of the most underreported area is uh, is an improvement in productivity. This is a really compelling piece of research that was done recently, and you know, just to kind of summarise it for you, it shows that someone using AI tools over a period of two months to support the work they do can gain as much professional experience as someone doing the same task for six months without any AI tools supporting them. So essentially, if you use the right tools in the right way, you can condense your learning and uh, development. And you know, if you want to understand this in kind of practical terms, it might be having like one window of chat GPT always open to help you triage certain problems you come across um, in your day to day. And, you know, if you look at these sort of charts and how these things uh, perform, chat GPT four, the latest iteration of chat GPT, its IQ now stands at 10 times that of Einstein. Now, it's pretty stupid unless you tell it the right things to do and kind of ask the right questions. But you have that power. Uh, in your palm of your hand, and your organization could just drop by $20 a month on it. It's it's crazy that the amount of power this can give to individual uh, em employees. So let's dive a little bit more into this. And I want to go to to you, Priyank. You know, you've been using these technologies in your own, own team, and you have firsthand experience of how this stuff can improve uh, output, productivity. But a real challenge I found in higher ed organizations isn't necessarily the experimentation and playing with these tools, but it's actually integrating them um, into workflows and getting people to use them as just part of what they do. So, you know, how have you done that with, with your team and to ensure those tools are used regularly and they're used in the, the right kind of workflow? Absolutely great question, Kyle. First of all, like this chart here, which shows AI allows workers to gain six months of experience in only two months. I am the first-hand experiencer of that. I can relate to it, like in terms of how much I can achieve using the tools that we have utilized at Fanshawe and also how we have integrated into our team as like to call it as business as usual. It's It has been a process, like not... As you mentioned, like early on when the chat GPT came out last year and then when all these AI tools started popping up, there was a lot of uh, misconception, a lot of like hesitance in terms of adopting them or questions about how they would perform, are they okay or not. But then like the first thing I started as a digital recruiter in the higher education segment is in Canada, it's also a very famous word here. We call it pilot tasting. So everything that we do here in terms of marketing or campaigns, we call it pilot testing here. And then, so I did pilot test in terms of creating few social media content posts, creating email campaigns, creating uh, advertisement using ChatGPT and certain tools. And then based on that pilot testing, I showed it to upper management, also showed what it can do within my team of recruiters that we have from different parts of the world. We have recruiters from 20 different countries of the world recruiting students to come to Fanshawe College. Then once they settled in on the pilot testing, once we realized the potential of it to improve the efficiency and to remove the manual labor in terms of responding to certain leads or responding to mundane uh, simple questions that are being asked all the time, all those factors came in. And then after that pilot testing with the training, so I utilized the tools just to give a like, clear example, say I have four digital team members working in the digital realm of recruitment for Fanshawe International. Once I knew exactly how I want to utilize ChatGPT, because as you mentioned, the IQ is high, but it's pretty stupid if you don't give the right terms and right prompts to it. So I utilized it in a way, the first thing is I trained it on Fanshawe's branding, the kind of words we use at Fanshawe College, the kind of uh, writing guidelines that we have, the kind of guidelines that we have to say how we 
type names, how we type the titles of the event, are they capitalized, are they small, do we say 10 a.m., do we say 10 a dot, n dot, how we write everything. So all those stuff, I try to train chat GPD on, and then I give the prompts about social media posts with specific constraint of this is the amount of words I need, I need bullet points, I need few emojis that relevance to higher education marketing, and then created 10 different samples for my team, and I showed it to them. And based on those, those samples, I give them a training of how they can also replicate and create social media posts from that point on. And then regular check-ins and updates is also important. So once they started utilizing it, I kept an eye on them for, for a month or so just to see how the posts they are creating, if they make sense, if they're okay or not. And then at the end, feedback loops are also important. So how we made it as business as usual, it started from pilot testing, training, uh, regular check-in and then feedback loops to keep improving upon. And then if anybody who's attending this webinar wants to check out the kind of content we create, absolutely happy to post our social media links. You can check out Fanshawe International on Instagram or LinkedIn, or even my personal profile, as uh, Nick mentioned, he also utilized them for personal improvement. So I use ChatGPT all the time. And recently they came out with a tool where you can give it a personality. So the kind of words that I use, the kind of language that I use, I gave it to ChatGPT. So now every single email, I personally, because I'm not a first uh, English language speaker so or, or writer, so I just write an email. I know whatever spelling mistakes or error I make doesn't matter because as soon as I write it, all I do is go to that chatbot specific segments I created to rewrite an email, I just paste it and boom, I have an email written in my own language that would be like everybody else would be able to see that it is me who has voted, but then I don't need to worry about the sentence formation or correct grammar or anything like that and just paste and then send an email. So I've been utilizing it and my team has been utilizing it in social media, email marketing as well. So eventually our, like my goal is to incorporate it into our recruiters as well. The recruiters who don't use digital tools all the time but then they can utilize tools like uh, Nick mentioned where they can do AI assistance for emails and email conversation with their student and responding that. Last very quick example I wanna share is that recently within last two weeks, what we have tried to do is if we get any like long inquiry from a student from a certain market or, or region in social media, we copy that question, paste it into chat GPT, give it to, give the answers that we will give, but then tell it, to modify the writing in a manner how student wrote it. So the concept, I call it hyper-personalization. So the language that student used to write the question in, that's the kind of language we would use to write the answer in, and then provide it to ChatGPT, copy and answer, paste it. And that's how we have kind of tried to uh, utilize this into the team and then make sure everything looks great and then utilize the AI tools. Well, firstly, that sounds like a bit of oh, revelationary to, to the admissions process. So you're talking to students in the right kind of language, the tone that they're familiar with, and you haven't had to get, get it go through marketing or anything. You've just used that tool to, to make that process smoother. That's, that's, that's incredible. Absolutely. Um, and all that is for $20 a month. And like in higher education, resource constraint is a reality. Specifically, I've been here for like six years. So we know how much resource constraint we have in the world where we have thousands of students coming to or inquiring on uh, official website from different platforms, including TAP. We have more than 3,000 inquiries since last year on TAP itself. So connecting all those dots and also use, utilizing this, it's a game changer for us. The other thing you mentioned, and it's, it's quite a, a bright example of how to use these things, is brand guidelines. Um, 
And, you know, I think we, we think of these chatbots as like an external destination where you have a conversation, but, you know, there are ways to work with things like OpenAI open and have APIs and you have your own use of the bot that's trained on your, your material. So if you want to ask it a question about your brand guidelines, you, you could set up in a way that it, it answers questions in the context of your organization. Um, even if there's like a, an extended use case around HR teams, for instance, if there's policy documents and that sort of thing, you could technically have a chat bot that handles all that stuff for you. So you'd never have to go on like a, an internet again. Um, one more question for you, um, Priyank. You, you mentioned that you're using this in social media um, content. Um, since you've started doing that, how, how have you uh, seen performance change? Has it stayed the same? Has your audience noticed? You know, what sort of results or kind of outputs are you, are you getting from that? I think in terms of social media outcome, what we have seen is increasing in terms of followers or impressions, but all that is also because of the, the intake times, or it's also because of the, the relevancy of content that we are creating. It might not just be because of what we have created using chat GPT or AI tools that we utilize, but the clear difference that I've seen is not in the outcome of social media, but, but in the outcome of creating that content. As I mentioned, it reduced our amount of thinking or strategizing how we write the post. It takes 10 seconds because we have trained it to be in a way, certain way that it always creates first paragraph that is students focus. Second paragraph is the about the content itself. And last paragraph is asking for student to either say, write a comment or submit a video or take some kind of call to action within the content post con content post that we create. So that formation and that creating that kind of granular post caption for us has been way, way quicker. Otherwise it would take like half an hour, 45 minutes for us to decide what to write, what not. Now it takes two minutes and then we know a few things to tweak here and there, and then we just post it. So the amount of time that it saves us has been tremendous. And then, like I can't even comprehend how much time we we might have saved within the last two months. Incredible. Um, it looks like Charlotte in the chat sort of shares your sentiment. Her brand guidelines are sixty three pages long, and she's desperate to kind of chuck this stuff into Chat GPT and have it take care of it all for us. So, um, hopefully, uh, you'll get that technology in place soon, Charlotte, and can go along that uh, that journey. Nick, I, I want to bring you into the conversation here. Um, you have mentioned that you're experimenting with generative AI at TAP. And one of the examples you shared with me before the call is uh, an AI digital assistant. Now, I have a, a lot of questions uh, around this, um, specifically because you normally deal with like peer-to-peer, human-to-human conversations. But the first one I want to just leverage at you is around ethics. Um, we all know that in order to create ChatGPT, OpenAI essentially scraped the internet, right? And they took a lot of content about permission, whether it's public, private, or whatever it is. There's a lot of content in that bot now that maybe you're should or should not be there. So firstly, you know, what do you feel are the, the benefits of an AI assistant in combination with TAP? And secondly, what kind of things are you putting in place to, to go about building it responsibly? Yeah, thanks, Kyle. They're really good questions. I'm just scribbling them down. Um, so the, thing, the first thing I think I should say is that um, the Ambassador platform has actually had AI features for about two years now. And I know, again, as we said before, like people, some people are just encountering AI through these new uh, generative tools, but actually it's been around for ages. So um, we have a feature called Conversation Insights, which is an add-on to one of our core packages. 
And the conversation insights feature essentially allows a recruiter or a marketer, whoever's the admin of the platform, to understand the topics of conversation that are occurring uh, in particular segments of their audience at a particular time of the year. So for example, a recruiter might want to know what do Malaysian uh, prospects talk about during the summer and the conversation insights feature will break that down. And that's built on a, a subset of artificial intelligence uh, technology called natural language processing. We built on the top of uh, some Amazon models to do that about, about two years ago. So there's already AI, but we want to lean into this new wave of, uh, uh, of generative AI. And Kyle, sorry, to answer your questions, I think the benefits are um, that uh, AI is able to augment these human-to-human -human connections, which are super, super valuable. And I hope Priyanka, as one of our customers, would attest to this. But like, look, when two real young people speak, that's a transformative engagement. But look, you know, we're a technology or we're a tool that's on a university's website, just by virtue of the real world, some of what we might call kind of administrative or transactional questions or interactions will be directed towards uh, sorry, directed towards student ambassadors by prospective students. And we want to improve the overall efficiency of our platform and the peer-to-peer -peer approach by basically having some kind of digital ambassador, digital assistant, I'm not quite sure how it would be packaged up yet, that's able to appear and say, hey, you know what, that's a great question um, and we want to get you the right answer. Um, but rather than the student ambassador answering this, let me deal with this. And it will answer uh, that question in a really humane and conversational way for the prospective student. And we're, our product team's kind of deep in the laboratory. We've, we've locked them in there. They're not allowed out until it's built. Um, <laughs> I should say, no, they are allowed out. Of course, I'm joking. But um, we are going to use language models that are derived almost solely from information that's already on institutions' websites or indexed across institution systems. So it kind of avoids the ethical concerns that ultra large language models like uh, GPT-4 have encountered, you know, they needed to scrape a huge corpus of information from the internet. We'll be doing something much more uh, discreet and therefore we'll be able to deal with it much more responsibly. But I think it, you know, just to finish coming back to the point I made at the start of the, the webinar, I think it's so exciting. As a company, we're still gonna be able to provide the core of what we do, which is, allowing young people to speak to each other, share experiences and have these transformational conversations about studying abroad or a particular institution, like they're amazing and they still keep me really inspired. But what we'll be able to do is augment that with a whole new level of efficiency and capability just by leaning in really positively to generative AI technologies. So yeah, we, it's gonna take us a couple more months, I think, to roll out something that's, um, that's usable, but it's super exciting and yeah, what watch this space. Well, it's 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 good to hear you dive into that. Um, I have when I used to work for universities, I used to manage like uh, student ambassadors and, and peer to peer networks. And you know, one of the challenges I often come up against was that students wouldn't respond to messages. <laughs> yeah, they're busy, they forget, they're asleep. You know, I understand it's, these are important things. Um, but sometimes, it's, you know, a prospect needs an answer quicker. Um, and it shouldn't have to be the responsibility of someone in the marketing team to keep poking ambassadors. It, it's not really fair on them and it's not ideal for the, the marketing person either. So, you know, to actually have, um, you know, a digital assistant that can be that first point of triage, it, it, I think it's really valuable. And it sounds like you're you're taking like the, the right direction with it, especially if you're training it on the data that's already exists on the university's website. It, 
it it feels like even though it might not be as personal it it, it definitely feels like it's going to be you know as equally useful uh, wouldn't you agree yeah totally and i think i think the the utility point you've just raised there kyle is exactly the right way to think about it you know in many instances the connection between a prospective student and an ambassador is exactly the right one and it has to be that interaction to you know make the difference or have impact but i think equally sometimes there's a you know, there's a place where a prospective student just needs quick transactional information. And, you know, we can't, I think that's always really important, actually, as as kind of higher ed marketers and recruiters, it's really easy to sometimes forget to put yourself in the mind of a young person, a prospective student. We might think our websites and our inquiry management infrastructures are really well set up and easy to understand. Are they actually, if you're, you know, a 17-year-old kid and perhaps English isn't your first language they might be quite daunting and difficult to navigate so i think real humans there to help you when you need it um, and quick answers powered by ai when you just need that super snappy answer yeah i think it's a good balance between the two and not you say it's an augmentation it's almost like a relationship between that technology and the, the real the real people that, that power it um we're going to move into our final section now so i'm going to take some of this more Philosophical is the wrong word to talk about these sort of things, but this kind of um, umbrella thinking and overall benefits and move it more into some of these practical examples and how we can even chain together some of these tools to, to good uh, effects. And, you know, Priyank, you're the digital marketer in the room. You uh, are properly on this uh, stuff. So I'm going to go to you for this one. Um, you have been using AI tools that are not just like ChatGPT and MidJourney, but actually specifically designed for marketing use cases. You've even set up a chain of API-driven uh, AI tools uh, to good effect. So you can actually automate large swathes of your communications process. Um, I'm going to hand over to you to take us through some of the tools that you're using and to talk us through your ops setup. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kyle. Uh, yeah, so I think I would like to talk about a few of the tools that we have utilized at Financial International in, in terms of higher ed marketing and recruitment purposes. And I've tried to break them into like five different tools specifically. One might be for video, one is for communication, how we utilize different APIs. One is for audio content, one is for quiz, and then last one is for branding and creation of branding guidelines using AI. So I'm going to start with the first one. It's called clap.app, which is make short videos 10x faster. What this means is the first utilization of like using long videos is important for, say, for example, session like this today the ambassador platform would like to share this with their uh, partners and everybody, right? But then ultimately, if they wanted to share a segment of a, of a clip from this entire webinar, how would you do that? Up till now, the process was manual for us as well, where we have, say, one hour webinar, we go into it, I personally go into it, or one of my team members goes into it, and then cut out the portion that are like interesting, about one minute or 30 second video that we can post on Instagram Reels or Facebook. But now using an application or platform name, uh, clap.app, you can do that very quickly. So just to show an example, this is a video that is three minutes, uh, three minutes long student testimonial, which is okay to post on a YouTube. But if you wanted to post it on a TikTok or Instagram Reel, what I can do now, I can just go to clap.app and paste the, the video here and then it detects the language the video is in it's in English and I just need to click on generate TikTok and then all we need to do is wait for 10 minutes or so so meanwhile this 
is working because I'm trying to show in a live example. While this is working, we will move on to the next platform that I wanted to talk about within the uh, uh, AI tools that we utilize. So we will see here how it comes around and what kind of videos it creates. But ultimately, I will show in the live example what kind of things we can do with Clapdot app. Moving on to communication part, as Kyle mentioned, we have utilized different AI and marketing tools and platforms to improve our communication with the prospective student. So how we used to manage the leads we received before is recruiters goes to educational fair or sessions that they are doing and they collect the leads manually, maybe in Excel sheet. Back in 2016, 18, 90, 20, they used to even write on their uh, notebook and then they prepare an Excel or if they have collected with an Excel sheet, they prepare an Excel, manually get in touch with each lead one at a time saying thanks for stopping by at this fair or something like that. Then they also send the list to us and it could take three to four days to sending that because they might be at the fair, no connection at the fair. They go to a hotel, they are working with these leads or doing something else. Then when they reach home, that is when we receive this list, which might be seven to eight days after the fair. And everybody knows the attention span that we have these days. It's a few seconds, right? So it takes six to seven days. And then we manually import this list into our CRM or leads management system and send the email nurture stream, which is the campaign of eight different emails promoting Fanshawe College to this uh, prospective student that our recruiter collected as a lead in different educational fair. Now, overall process time, as I mentioned, it used to take 10 to 15 days. But since then, what we have done is we have utilized a bunch of different tools and platforms uh, utilizing digital and AI technologies, starting with the first thing is what we do now is recruiter collects leads using branded applications. So I utilize the platform that allows us to create a personalized app that is branded to Fanshawe. They can use the tablets or a phone in the educational fair, and they can collect these leads, which automatically receives an email as soon as they are connected to the internet saying, thanks for stopping by at this or that fair. At this time, we see that you were interested. So personalized response. If the lead that Recruiter Collect says that they are interested in business programs, the email response will say, that thank you for your interest in business programs at Fanshawe College. And if you have more questions, uh, you met me at the fair. So for example, there is Frank or Tracy in this example. And then there's an email of a recruiter that goes out automatically. So no waiting time. As soon as the lead is collected in the tablet, if the internet is available, the student who's writing their names and stuff will receive an email in five seconds. After that, the leads automatically go into Google Sheet and from which we have an API that we have utilized. And I'm throwing just names and stuff of platforms here. But as I mentioned, we will send out a document that explains this very clearly. And then what we do is as soon as the lead is collected from that application, it goes to Google Sheet. And then from Google Sheet, that data directly goes into our CRM. And then it starts sending out the, this automated email nurture stream that I mentioned in the previous example, which is set up seven, eight different emails regarding Fanshawe College that you can see on the right-hand side. So what changed? The process time is 15 minutes from seven to 10 days. And the cost of utilizing the platform, AppSheet costs $10, $15 a month. Google Sheet is available for free. Zapier, depending on amount of leads that you collect, might cost $20, $25. And MailChimp, because we utilize it centrally, we don't count that into the overall count here, but ultimately it would be under $100 per month to do this process where it used to take seven to 10 days. Now it takes 15 minutes and the labor of collecting manually the leads or uh, sending out the emails or collecting them on Excel sheet, 
then sending the nurture stream, all that stuff are eliminated. And then what we do is pretty much collect the lead and then have them receive the campaigns. And all these process are tracked within our CRM system, which is uh, we use Mautic, M-A-U-T-I-C, as a platform. And I can't show practically here uh, in terms of exactly how the journey looks like, but what we see is connecting not just the dot of recruiter collecting the lead, but also other dots where this lead is interacting with us. So are they booking appointment with our recruiter online? Are they chatting with a current student, one of our digital ambassadors on a tap as a platform? Are they utilizing social media that we have in Financial International? So I have implemented all those connections within the, the leads management system that we have. And one of the great example I think I was sharing in the meeting before this webinar was we had a student back in 2020 from Dubai reached out to us on official website at Fanshawe, automatically connected into our CRM system. Then they waited for two years. So probably after pandemic, they reached out to a current student, the digital ambassador from TAP. They chatted with the student and the number of messages exchanged was 2,000 messages. So student, prospective student asked 2,000 questions here and there and then chatted with the current student. And then they book an appointment with the recruiter and then they applied. And now we can see within our system that they are an actual student on campus starting this September intake. So probably tomorrow or next week, they are starting with us. So the journey that we are able to track utilizing all these tools and platforms has been amazing. The kind of example I can provide to my upper management as a marketer, as a digital recruiter is insane, kind of for lack of a better word. They are just amazed by how much effort it takes, plus also the time. Sometimes we need to realize that, okay, uh, for an international student to make a decision to, to study abroad takes a year, even two years. And in this example, it took three years to decide that. And all that was possible because we have these systems and platforms in place that can track each interaction uh, properly. So often, like the, the student journeys, like a huge window, isn't it? I think we forget that sometimes that it can take can take three years. But you, know, you could tr like trawl through your data looking for these connections, and it can take like weeks, you know, days if you're really good at that sort of thing. But to have an AI identifying those those kind of initial trends for you and then reporting them on on your behalf is is incredibly valuable when you're trying to sell in like technologies and new ways of doing things and. You know your first observation as well around um and it was a very quick one you you did but you kind of showed like yeah we have these long videos and then we chuck it into this ai and it cuts us for us oh my god right I've, i i record a podcast and to actually have something that highlights clips for you and does all that stuff you save hours and so you've got both yeah you've got a nice strategic example there and then you've got a more tactical one but you know just you know a kind of realization of how these technologies, it might sound really simple on the surface, but they can transform how you think about the problems that you, you deal with day to day at work. Absolutely. And just talking about creating shorter videos from the long one, you can there see we have 10 videos created by an AI that talks about specific things. For example, here's where 40 seconds of things where the student in testimonial was talking about social media, web design and SEM campaigns. It also gives you virality score. As soon as I click play, you might not be able to hear it but you can see it creates the caption it creates automatic uh and you can click on edit edit the caption style of the caption based on your branding guidelines or instead of yellow i would use red whatever else we want to do we can just click on edit and the entire platform comes up it also centers the user 
automatically. So we don't need to change the clips. It knows exactly who's talking within the video and then focuses that part in the vertical format towards that person. And now ultimately I can export every single video and then instead of having one video that is hour long, we can separate this short clips and utilize it for social media promotion. So this was an example for video. Moving on to the next one, uh, which is audio. So instant voice cloning. Uh, three seconds of audio is all you need. Now, I promise you, I have an example, live example that I was um, planning to showcase, but it is not possible to do it here. So what I've done is I've uploaded a folder uh, that I can share the link on within the chat here. So if you get a time after this session, what you can do is open this link where there are four different files that says original and then AI. So I took 30 seconds of audio clip from Kyle and then 30 seconds of audio from Nick. And then I utilize the platform name play.hd. What it does, it, it takes that audio clip and then automatically generate a clone cloning voice of Kyle. And then if I hit play, I can hear it, but you might not be able to, but you can uh, try to look at those sample in the link that I provided and you will see Kyle has never spoken these words, but it matches 95% of his original voice and tone. And I'm using a free version. If you use a pro version, you have options to like change and regenerate the voice in tones of excitement, sad, entertaining, all that kind of options opens up with just three seconds of audio clip. That is like unheard of. So like eventually, like all you need to do is type a script and then maybe your podcast is created automatically but by hitting a play and downloading that audio button. So we personally at International Center, we have utilized this within our social media campaign uh, for, and also the videos that we create. For example, uh, we have a new intake coming up where I'm trying to create a video showcasing how much effort it takes for international students to leave home country and arrive here. So I wrote a script for that. And instead of using a voiceover artist, I'm going to go to play.hd and then get the video created based on the tone that I need and make however many changes I need. Otherwise, practically say, if you're using a platform like Fiverr or any freelancer platform for voiceover, you might, need, you might need to request multiple changes to the freelancer. They might not be available right away. Whereas in this, I can just keep playing with it until I get the version that I really like as a voiceover and utilize it. I've heard my, my voice clip now, which is, uh, sounds uh, surprisingly like me. <laughs> I thought it would be way off, um, but it's actually really good. And even that's the free version. Nick, you've heard yours as well. You're a LinkedIn creator. How does that make you feel? Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I don't know if I mentioned to you, Priyam, but I definitely said to Kyle, I'm using a tool called Be Human. And again, it's very similar. You record one video, it takes the audio of your voice, and then you can put in personalization tokens, so someone's first name, their institution, and it changes that little bit of the audio and the video to create, say, 50 versions of one generic video. So yeah, I think it's 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 super cool. And I'm um, I'm I'm trying all these at what you know, the quickest pace I possibly can. Yeah, and I don't think a bad shout is the first give a, a small bunch of team members access to like a paid version of some of these these platforms. And one we didn't mention, you know, ChatGPT is the one that everyone uses, but there's a there's kind of the ChatGPT of video has just emerged and it's called Runway. Um, I think it's runway.ai. Uh, and essentially it's like Adobe Premiere Pro, but to do edits, you essentially type what you want to see. So if you want to remove something from the frame or add a different background, you literally just type in these prompts and suddenly these things appear in front of you and you you think this is like the work of cgi artists 
and you can now do it from like your, your desk and your higher education marketing office like what is happening like i feel i feel like we skipped like 10 years into the future it feels like we're in the 2030s right now absolutely like i'm just amazed what we can do right now and just cannot fathom what will happen within the next one year right what we will be able to do and the kind of things you can utilize it for so i'm just excited for the future this is like it's been a long time where you can feel like excitement within the sector itself. There is a little bit of like people are scared as well, honestly, just to be honest, but also, and also the, the ethics behind it, like what it takes, what it does not. But for us as a marketer within higher education, all I'm trying to do is utilize it in the best way possible. And then also teach the students, because I know as a higher institution, even like within Fanshawe itself, we don't like promote this to use AI within assignments and stuff, but also, as a professor, but working in the field in real life, I need to let my students know that this is not future. It is present, right? So it's here. So I need to tell them that they have to utilize it in a way that it's not unethical, but also it's not like unethical, but it also utilize in a way where they can get help from it and then utilize in the future. But anybody else here, like, because we cannot cover all the things at one time, I'm happy to chat if anybody has any questions at all on my LinkedIn, please be feel free to reach out with any questions you have. I'll be happy to expand on more on the tools and platforms we have used at Fanshawe. Yeah, absolutely same. Um, I, we have reached time. So I'm just going to thank everyone in the audience for attending today. Um, it's been really good to kind of bring together some people who are genuinely infused about these these topics and to have such different perspectives as well. So, yes, if you want to continue this conversation, please like hit us up on on LinkedIn. We're all fairly active users, and you know, all that's me to say is uh, thank you for attending. Um, and if you want to find out more about the Ambassador Platform, just search for the Ambassador Platform, and they've got a wonderful website taking you through that entire process. Also, you could just comment on one of Nick's videos as well. That's a good way to get his attention. Thank you. Thank you all very much for attending. Speak to you again soon. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Take care.